victims. It started when neighbors reported hearing hundreds of gunshots fired. When Albuquerque police arrived, they discovered the bodies of nine male victims, many shot multiple times. Veteran police officers calling the level of carnage, quote, staggering. Apparently, a remote-controlled machine gun was used in the killings. Investigators are searching for a person of interest who fled the scene. Anyone with information on this massacre is asked to call police immediately. I got information, and it's all right here on Court Killers! Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love, when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, man, I'm Brian Brushwood. More importantly, I, I got very close to accidentally saying on Netflix, which also would have been accurate, but would have shattered the illusion. So I'm sorry mm. that I was about to shatter the illusion that El Camino is not a documentary. <laughs> okay. El Camino coming to select theaters October 11th, as well as coming to Netflix, which means it's going to have to be a landmark theater or some indie theater or something if you want to see it at a theater. I think I want to try seeing this in the theater. Oh, well, as a matter of fact, it would be the perfect kind of thing because it will be a cultural moment where you, where you will be surrounded by people yeah, who, yeah. there's going to be that guy who's already read all the spoilers and who wants to help prime you by reminding you of certain elements that'll be- There's going to uh, be that reference that happens and everyone in the audience is going to go, ah, cool, you know, and you're going to feel part of that. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a hundred percent right. I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, folks, uh, we got a lot to talk about, so let's get right to it in the primary target. Okay, don't forget, it's important. It's very important, folks. Our public service message to you to remember that the NBC streaming service launching in April 2020 will have a free with ads tier, so you won't have to pay for it. You will have to call it Peacock because that is what they've named their upcoming streaming service that will have about 15,000 hours of movies and a back catalog of TV shows. Uh, it will launch around the time of NBC's Olympics. Uh, my guess is you probably won't have any live sports on there, but you might have some, some documentaries or, or coverage of some sort, uh, along with your back catalog of the episodes of The Office. Uh, Parks and Rec coming to Peacock uh, later in the autumn of 2020. And we'll launch originals along with uh, Battlestar Galactica series run by Sam Esmail. So a third reboot of Battlestar Galactica by the guy who did Mr. Robot. Uh, comedy series from Ed Helms and Mike Schur, uh, both of The Office fame. That one's called Rutherford Falls. Uh, limited series called Dr. Death starring Jamie Dornan, Alec Baldwin, and Christian Slater, among others. They, they announced a, a whole slate uh, of the originals that will roll out after the April 2020 uh, launch. They did not out announce a price for the ad-free version. They didn't give us a significant date, just the April date. Uh, and and mostly people are reacting to the fact that they named it Peacock. Brian, what do you think? Uh, okay, look, I did not even think there was anything remarkable about the name Peacock until you just now said it. And I suddenly realized there is a not just an advertising slogan, not just a cultural meme, but there's like a tour de force here happening that you could say like, hey, man, action so, uh, Peacock, too many syllables, two whole syllables. What if we just shortened it to apostrophe cock? So it's like, hey man, you want action? You want adventure? It's on the cock. You want comedy? You want laughs to beat the band? You want uh, uh, heart-wrenching dramas? It's on the cock. If you yeah. want Sam Esmail directing Battlestar Galactica, it's on the cock. 
Here in the 2020s, we're proud as a cock. Hey, we're, we're the cock of the walk, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Get up in this cock. Let's go. Yeah, let's cock and chill. <laughs> oh, my God. Cock and chill um, would be too good. Yeah. I, you know, hey, guys, did you watch the new Punky Brewster reboot? On Yeah, it's just, just I don't know if I'm going there. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. this is ridiculous. Hey, man, look, I, I, if you want those good nostalgic vibes, just head on over to the cock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, so so okay. Let's get past the name because honestly, uh, as much as I'm I'm bugged by it, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm actually succeed, legitimately not bugged by it at all. Yeah, I actually yeah. think it's a but, really good name. But my point is, after a month, if this is something I'm watching all the time, then calling it Peacock, it won't, I, won't, I won't even think about it. People were all freaked out about the iPad and thought that was a weird name. Now we don't even think about it. So that's really not going to be the make or break for this service. Uh, the make or break is the fact that. You can get it for free with ads. I think that's huge. Uh, Comcast is going to let a lot of their internet subscribers get it uh, for free as well without ads. Uh, and their originals, like all of these services are trying to distinguish themselves with back catalog that's popular. So they've got the office and parks and rec coming. Uh, and originals. Originals are going to be AP Bio season four. So something that was beloved but didn't get the ratings to stay on broadcast it's going to survive and then a lot of reboots the battle of star galactica sam esmail isn't the only one there's also as i mentioned punky brewster uh saved by the bell and uh a few others that they haven't announced but uh are, are sort of in the offing including an untitled real housewives spinoff uh just now as bryce was scrolling past i saw the name glenn howerton which of course is uh, one of the co-creators of always sunny in philadelphia uh do, do you know which which project that that was that he's doing well uh i'm doing a control f uh search on the story now and i'm not finding him listed where, where did I, you see that i think that's just for ap bio season four Oh, God. Uh, he it. already works on he's Oh, there he is. The yeah, lead actor right. on it. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. I got to be honest. I fell into a, a fanboy hole the moment I found out that Battlestar Galactica was on the cock. Uh, I, 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 Sam Esmail, like, I was so excited that I showed off just random scenes of, of homecoming to uh, my friend Andrew Heaton just to remind him of how amazing of a director Sam Esmail is, even when it's properties and stories that don't belong to him that he's not writing. I cannot even imagine. They, they didn't seem to indicate if this was a full reboot or just another story set in that universe, right? Yeah, they didn't give us any information about that. They, they basically wanted to say, we know you like the words Battlestar Galactica, and we know that people who might be uh, cringing at the words Battlestar Galactica will like the words Sam Esmail. So that's all we're going to, that's all we're going to tell you. <laughs> I'll but tell yeah, you what, I'm man. like you. I, I didn't immediately reject the idea of a Battlestar Galactica uh, reboot, but the nervousness reduced to near zero once I knew Sam Esmail was producing because, hey, telling Sam Esmail, here's a universe, go produce something in it, that, that could turn out to be amazing, and I'm sure it will be. You know what would be great? This is pure speculation on my part, but it's like... Um, I learned my lesson when they rebooted uh, with Batman Begins it, like 20 minutes after the last Batman I think it was Batman and Robin I was like too soon man when are you going to go back to the beginning or whatever and it was so mm. fundamentally different and wonderful and one of the best comic book movies of all time uh, I learned to never say never but I will say that the Ronald D. Moore Battlestar Galactica is so good that I really hope they don't try to retell that same story again. I and agree. Instead, I'm wouldn't it be great? Because my guess is that ragtag group 
probably were not the only ragtag group to get together. Wouldn't it be I mean, great if the same we, thing happened yeah. and we followed another set of survivors who headed the opposite direction? Yeah, that, that no one else knew about, right? I mean, I, that sort of violates the original principle of like, the, the, they, which they, they ignored in the Ronald D. Moore one, which was that Battlestar Galactica was the lost 13th tribe of Israel that went out into space. Holy cow, I think I'm 100% right. According to this tweet from Sam Esmail, BSG fans, this will not be a remake of the amazing series Ronald D. Moore launched because why mess with perfection? Instead, we'll explore a new story within the mythology while staying okay, true yeah, to the point of Battlestar. So say we all, holy cow, I'm so excited. This is amazing. Yeah, and what that new story can be, I, I mean, if they just tell him like, no, you don't have to be consistent. Don't don't live in the Ronald D. Moore verse. Don't live in the 1979 Battlestar Galactica verse. Just take this premise, tell a new story. I'm I'm all in. I'm all in Holy on that. Holy cow! Also, uh, Psych Two, Lassie Come Home, uh, with the with the Psych. If you know, I'm not a huge Psych fan, but I know f uh, folks that are. Uh, that should be pretty exciting. So uh, sorry, we're yeah. talking about Psych, the uh, the thing the where TV the show. guy pretends yeah. to have psychic powers. Exactly. Huh. Uh, well, I'll, t I'll, t I'll tell you what the, uh, oh, Dr. Death. I actually listened to all of that podcast and it wasn't as good as, uh, Dirty John, but it was pretty good in, if, if what you love is being horrified by an incompetent, uh, licensed mm -hmm. medical pra practitioner. I, I, you know, I think NBC is leaning a little heavy on the reboots, all of our love of Sam Esmail's approach uh, aside with the Punky Brewster and the Saved by the Bell. Uh, but they also have the advantage of, uh, of, of having a, a good back catalog, having a free version. It, it sounds like, it sounds like, I mean, that's what they said last time is there'd be a free version with ads. Hopefully it's not a charged version with ads. I think that changes this whole game, but that could be their distinguishing factor is you can just watch us if you want. You know, you might get annoyed with the ads, but you, you don't have to pay for it and miss a show, which addresses one of those perceptions out there. It's like, there's too many things and I can't keep up with all the things. And the, the way you want to compete is to get people to want the thing that you have, whether it's Battlestar Galactic or Psych or Dr. Death or something else, uh, and making it easy for people to sample that I think is a good idea. So quick negative Nelly moment here. I'm trying my best to make the case that they're just too late because we've seen NBC do this before. NBC was a dominant force in the early days of broadcast television, and they largely ignored, once cable got deregulated in the 1970s, they ignored the space, and instead it was the early movers, the, C uh, the CNNs, the Turner, the HBOs, that kind of, uh, the, the, the A&Es, and then when NBC decided to enter cable, they just said, oh, we'll be CNBC, we'll be just, you know, a cable version of NBC, and they totally floundered and went nowhere, until they realized, oh crap, we're too late, all of this uh, territory has been grabbed. And so it wasn't until they repositioned themselves as a business news network that CNBC found its footing. Is it possible, and I'm just asking, I'm just asking questions here, is it possible that it's too late for Peacock as well? Yeah, I mean, sure, it, it's certainly possible. To me, it's not whether you're late though. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like, well, uh, Netflix, Amazon, and Disney Plus locked it up. There's just no room. Nobody can ever do it. The key to your story there was that NBC got into cable a little later and took some time to adjust before they figured out where the the, the holes were that they could fill. Yeah, the, the unoccupied niches. So the question right now is, looking at what we know of Peacock so far, 
is it filling some niches that seem like good bets? Uh, on the one hand, I'm railing against too many reboots a little bit. On the other hand, that, those are niches that NBC can fill. Like we own these IPs that are still have a lot of fans. I'm sure they did their market research to find out how many Saved by the Bell fans there are out there. And we're like, that's a good bet. People I'm will come for that. So, really? so to me, I, I don't think it's too late for them, especially because also we haven't shaken out this industry yet. So it's still anybody's ballgame as far as becoming one of the, I don't know how many, four to six streaming services that end up being the ones that everybody gets. Yeah, uh, I'm really glad you put it this way because I think you're 100% right. Uh, basically, everything I've read so far has indicated to me that Peacock had exactly one move to make, and that was to promise exceptional programming that we desperately want and that we believe we're, we're going to tune in for. And I think they did from what I've seen. Yeah, well, we'll find out more in April 2020. Uh, in the meantime, you need to make sure we survive to April 2020. Now, I'm not talking about uh, any kind of activism. That, that's up, uh, on you. The one thing you can make sure that Brian and I survive to April 2020 is to support us on Patreon. Yeah, man. Uh, look, you guys are making amazing things happen. Uh, the other day, look, this is our first broadcast from uh, the brand new newly minted Diamond Club Studios deep in the heart of the Seven Acres Schwood, located right on the literal Austin city limits, powered by gigabit fiber and an LTE tower. I was walking around the back area around this and uh, and I saw the most beautiful bird and then it landed in front of me and transformed into a man and said, uh, hey, man, you got enough patrons? And I was like, uh, 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 what, what was his name? Man Eagle? Eagle Man. Okay. Eagle man, man Eagle, dude. yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. Eagle Man, what are you doing here? Ah. <laughs> and he, he, said, he said, man, I heard that this is the inaugural address at the new studio. I was like, ah. well, what, what do you, why are you here? You should be going around telling everybody to head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. That way we can stay loud, live, and independent and continue to grow this uh, new media empire. And he said, that's a really good point. And then he flew away. Ah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he felt bad about the misunderstanding last week. So I know he's willing to do things for us. Uh, but folks, there's only one Man-Eagle and there's thousands and thousands of you. So don't wait for Man-Eagle to come to you to support us at patreon.com slash killers. Also, I think we need a, a high-end Patreon reward tier where you just get your ringtone is Bryce doing the Man-Eagle sound. <laughs> the Man-Eagle ringtone tier coming soon. <laughs> to patreon.com slash cord killers. All right, let's talk about how to watch. Uh, we got two two things to talk about uh, for you here. First of all, uh, TiVo, well, yeah, two TiVo things, I should say. TiVo CEO Dave Scholl told CNN in an interview that TiVo plans to release its own Android TV streaming stick early next year, said it should cost about 50 bucks, It'll use TiVo's software to recommend things to watch. Uh, seems like a smart idea. TiVo's like, hey, we build all this software to help people figure out what to watch based on their recordings and what, what subscriptions they have. Uh, why don't we give that to people who don't have a tuner uh, as an Android TV stick? So that's what they're going to include. It does not appear to even have a model with a tuner, but we'll find out more later. TiVo also plans to unveil TiVo Plus, which is not a streaming service. Settle down. Uh, it would aggregate content from multiple publishers similar to the Roku channel. So on your TiVo, there would be a channel like, you just want to watch some cool stuff. If you have the Roku channel, you know exactly what this is. It'll 
show you things free with ads and direct you to things. Not mentioned in the interview was a report from ZatsNotFunny.com that some TiVo users had started to find a pre-roll ad playing before their DVR recordings. Users could fast forward through the ads, but they weren't sure whether it was just a test or not until a TiVo spokesperson told LightReading.com DVR advertising is going to be a permanent part of the service, whether you pay for it or not. We expect to be fully rolled out to all eligible retail devices within 90 days. All right. I've got complicated feelings about all of this. Um, uh, first of all, I tend to associate my good feelings of TiVo less with the over-the-air tuner side of things and much more with the interface, the speed, mm -hmm. the recommendation mm -hmm. engine that, that, that was, um, yeah. but the idea of throwing ads in front of stuff, I don't hate those five mm -hmm. second skip ad things on, on YouTube. I, I, and, and I probably should, but they are so non-intrusive. Uh, and, and I run into this with the DVR on uh, PlayStation View, where it's like, I'm just skip, skip, skipping. And even if I only see three seconds of an ad, that's enough that now implanted in my brain is mm -hmm. I now know that progressive insurance is doing a thing that involves this image. And I can't not know it. And I don't know if I hate it or not, because ads fuel an awful lot of this. And if this is a way, even if they're skippable ads on a DVR, you still are force feeding just just uh, two words. Uh, uh, checks mix is now in blueberry form. Whatever. Like 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 you can't not know that now. And then uh, uh, I, I, I part of me wants to bristle at at the intrusiveness of that, but another part of me wants to praise and salute the fact that they're so easy to skip. What does your gut say about that whole thing? Uh, yeah, I I think. Like you said, great software, great interface, great recommendation engine. Uh, TiVo releasing a $50 Android TV streaming stick. I doubt it's going to set the world on fire and you know take over a, a place from Fire TV or Roku or Apple TV. But but good idea. This that that is the direction they need to go in. So all applause for that one. Putting 30 second pre rolls in front of your DVR, I mean, that feels like an end game of like, hey, you know what? We're losing DVR audience. Uh, so let's monetize that sinking ship before it's underwater. But Will they be upset? I don't care. They're leaving anyway. So why not? Like, it, it feels a little mercenary to me. But uh, and, and granted, they are allowing you to skip them. You can fast forward through them. But a lot of people are just going to go, that's annoying. I don't want to have to skip them. That was the whole point of the DVR. And it will force them off into buying something that will allow them to just watch ad free stuff on Netflix, Hulu, etc. I guess maybe TiVo's hoping that they'll buy the $50 Android TV streaming stick if they do that, but I don't know. Sadly, I think you're right on the end game thing. I think this is the kind of move you make when you know that uh, things are about to wrap on up for your brand. Uh, but weirdly, the mere act of skipping an ad is a explicit acknowledgement that you've seen this much of an ad, which for right. advertisers is unbelievably valuable because sure. they assume that ads are being shown to an empty room. But if somebody skips an ad, they're like, you watch seven seconds of the ad, which uh -huh. means you know about Blueberry checks Mix. Right. 
which is valuable. Uh, well, sure. I, I don't think there's any dispute that advertisers will buy this, if that's what you're saying. Well, it, but, but also, like, uh, the skippiness, I don't know. Like, uh, it, it, it might be, I don't want to be uh, Pollyanna about this and say it's a total yeah, win-win yeah, for everybody. But it's the closest to a win-win I can, I can imagine. Because the advertiser's happy because they know that at least this much <laughs> of their message has gotten out there. The yeah. user is happy because they got to have that moment of like, screw you, ad, I'm skipping you. And I don't know about that second part so much. I think they're also annoyed that they had to pick up the remote and skip an ad that shouldn't have been there. But I don't know. Do you ever resent that moment that you hit skip ad? I, I always feel like a wave no, of satisfaction. No, I, re I don't resent that moment when I skip ad because the psychological paradigm of the TiVo user is ah, here's an ad that is being sent that me and TiVo can't avoid. I have been given this warrior tool by TiVo that I can press and get past. Ha ha, me and TiVo win. That's a whole different paradigm than, oh, I pressed play on my show, and instead of starting at the beginning, TiVo, my old friend, just forced me to pick up the remote and fast forward through the ad that they put there that they didn't have to, and now I'm mad at them. That's pretty. That's a, that's a really good point because that is kind of a betrayal on a trusted uh, – TiVo's brand is, for 20 years now, based on the idea that they're the ones on your side, and this is yeah. an explicit, overt move to indicate that maybe they're not on your side. Don't don't TiVo's users also pay to use TiVo and access for the guide data? Yeah, for the guide. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are TiVo users who don't pay for say DVR. That, that I don't know if it's thing. if it's usable without paying. Like you pretty much have to pay whether whether you've paid for a lifetime subscription or you're paying monthly. Yeah. Yeah. That. So that yeah, they're paying and getting ads. That's the other part of this. Hmm. Um. Also, a side note, a TiVo user uh, complaining to TiVo tech support about issues with one of their existing boxes uh, was told, okay, we're going to send you out a replacement box. He's like, okay, great. When he opened up the box, it was a TiVo Edge. TiVo hasn't announced the TiVo Edge yet. <laughs> uh, Whoopsie doodles. There have been a lot of leaks about the TiVo Edge. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the TiVo customer received a six-tuner TiVo Edge <laughs> with two terabytes of storage. So. Oh, that's amazing. That's kind of rad. Uh, I'm in favor of this kind of guerrilla mar marketing. I think this is great. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's go with that. It was guerrilla marketing. Well done, TiVo. Very, very good. Very good. All right, let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. Not like you're just kidding. It's all about location. Unusually, we will begin What to Watch under surveillance with an email from Matt, who says, Hey, wondering if you're planning on returning to Legion, third best show in the history of television behind The Wire and Preacher, according to Matt. Might be even higher. We will see if they stick the landing when it ends. Please get back to Legion. I, I, I think that we are still Legion flexible. Like, I, I think that, that we just got a little bit, or maybe I'm only speaking for myself. I just found myself a bit too in the weeds in the second season and couldn't handle it week after week. I, I do suspect it'll be a delightful one-day binge. Uh, midway through the second season of Legion, I would have agreed with you <laughs> when uh -oh. I when I stopped. I'm like, you know what? I, ah, I, just, I need to get back to it. It's, I know it's going to turn around and get better. Now, I'm like, I don't know. There's so much to watch. I'm not sure I'm feeling compelled to go back. And and I know that's going to disappoint Matt greatly. Um, he says The Wire and Preacher are his two favorite shows of all time. I'm not seeing The Wire connection. I could see a Preacher connection. 
Maybe. I'll give it a solid maybe, but I'm not making any promises. I will back up the assertion that the first season of Legion might be... It is in contention with the best television comic book anything ever. I can't think of anything substantially better. Uh, I mean, there are nitpicks when it comes to budget and special effects and stuff. But in terms of storytelling, the first season of Legion might be one of my favorite comic book anythings I've seen on television. Uh, Deadline also reporting that the fourth season of Fargo, uh, which will not only be uh, created, written, directed, and executive produced by Noah Hawley, but he's the showrunner for for season four, uh, will feature our good friend Timothy Oliphant as a character named Dick Deefy Wickware in a major recurring role. If you hadn't heard yet, season four of Fargo will take place in 1950 in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, and it says even though here, it's called Fargo, it says uh, Oliphant will play a swaggering devil may care local <laughs> sheriff <laughs> with devilish good looks <laughs> and an attitude uh, to beat the band. No, uh, he's uh, he's going to p- play one of the the people in the Kansas City uh, crime syndicates. So we're going to get the backstory on the Italian crime syndicate and the African American crime syndicate that we have seen show up in Fargo in the previous three seasons uh, when they talk about Kansas City a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Deefy Wickware will be uh, one of the Italian crime syndicate uh, heavies, but who knows? Uh, we don't know anything else about it. Uh, this should be amazing. I love the idea that this is the farthest back in time that we've gone with Fargo. If you haven't watched Fargo, the TV series, it's absolutely wonderful. It's an incredible anthology. Um, also, I hope everybody understood I was joking about the, the, the role he would be playing. Uh, yeah, though, with it, that was him describing Timothy Oliphant and Justified <laughs> and Deadwood, but not in the Santa Clarita diet. He's not a sheriff in the Santa Clarita. Yeah, I mean, that's eventually revealed in the in the the last oh, uh, in the Christmas special. Know. They reveal he's like, I've been a sheriff this whole time. <laughs> this whole time. Uh, HBO Max will bring back the animated series The Boondocks for two more seasons of twelve episodes each. So they're committed to twenty-four episodes. The original fifty-five episodes will also be on the streaming service when it launches next year. I so can't. I can't believe I fell off on The Boondocks. I loved it so very much. It's so good. Yeah. What, once yeah. I stopped watching Adult Swim on Sunday nights, I. I totally fell off, and and I number one, the the press release to me is that I have twenty plus episodes of the Boondocks waiting for me if I just right? want to binge the whole thing. Uh, they're also going to uh, have uh, streaming rights to all twelve seasons of The Big Bang Theory on HBO Max, which was produced by Warner Brothers TV for CBS. So uh, that's a big coup, and The Big Bang Theory will continue to be broadcast on TBS as well. So again, all of that coming next year to HBO Max. Uh, Glow will return to Netflix for a fourth and final season. Season three arrived on, on in August. If you missed it, uh, it's there. And uh, f- season four is definitely going to happen, and it'll, it will be the last season of Glow. Have you guys? How, how far have you guys gotten in Glow? I only watched most of the first season, yeah. unfortunately. That that I've last season never watched good. the whole thing. I I, I kind of sit while Eileen watches it sometimes, so I sort of follow it tangentially. That, hmm. that, that's one that I thought for sure Bonnie would enjoy a whole lot, and I think I, I just came on too strong trying to pressure her into watching it, and then it kicked in that resistance. And Because <laughs> well, you never... use wrestling moves, and, you know, we're like... <laughs> Well, out. I mean, I, 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 th- I think I was just too ebullient uh, about it early on for her to get in. Uh, uh, let me exist as a cautionary tale to all husbands who want to get their wives to watch some. Or uh, wives who want to get their husbands to watch it, in my case, because Eileen watched it. But I'm still on the sort of like, yeah, that looks cool. I should go back and watch it. You're still on the ropes? 
Still on the ropes. Exactly. Uh, and finally, Rotten Tomatoes premiered an original video series Wednesday called Couch Tomatoes on its website. Uh, also on its YouTube channel, Facebook Watch, and IGTV. Couch Tomatoes will help viewers decide what to watch from TV and streaming series. Uh, director of video production at Rotten Tomatoes, Eileen Rivera, is married to the host of Cord Killers, a similar show hosted by Tom Merritt. Huh. So it's a show on Rotten mm -hmm. Tomatoes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's about watching things. Deciding not on, uh, what to watch. What to watch. But like not on cable and not on broadcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. Mm -hmm. And it's about, so yeah. So would, would one accurately describe this as a show about how to watch the things that you want, when you want, on whatever device you please? You want, however you want. Yeah. I, 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 I would maybe... Huh. Say that could appeal or, or but, apply. I mean, but there's no connection between us and. Uh, huh. This is war, Brian. This, this is <laughs> that's what this <laughs> this is. This is this is a uh, 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 Ken Burns suddenly uh, slow pans. He was like, it was spouse against spouse in the war <laughs> for the minds of the hearts of the of a generation. Uh, no, it's actually a really good show. We're all, all kidding aside. Uh, go check it out. You can go to RottenTomatoes.com and find out how to watch it. Let's talk about what we had our eyes on, Brian. Hey, man, uh, watch two things. First of all, I watch uh, Ad Astra. Uh, did you either of you guys check that out this weekend? Mm -mm. No, I wanted to see it, and uh, I had a wedding to go to, uh, and and just didn't find the time. How was it? Uh, the the plot was thinner than I would have liked. It was a li very linear, and there was an awful lot of telling me how people were feeling rather than you know scooping me up and showing me. But the world building was second to none. Like I totally believed that this was you know twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years from now, where normally I I really wince and cringe whenever there's obvious product placement in the future, but they did such a good job of like representing the moon as a spaceport that of course there's a Hudson News there, of course there's a subway, of course there's all of these things. Uh, I, 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 I found the world building positively delightful. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of, of the feels in the characters, but uh, in general I liked it and I would recommend it. Excellent. Uh, I want to talk about not so much just the what I had my eyes on, but how I put my eyes on them, if you will. Uh, we watched the Emmys in the car driving to the airport. So I had PlayStation View streaming over my mobile connection. I'm plugged into the car. Eileen could kind of see the TV, and, and our friend Sarah Lane was, was getting a ride to the airport with us, so she was in the back listening along with me. Then... Uh, I watched extras for this week's Spoiler in Time in my hotel room uh, on my tablet. Uh, and I watched Righteous Gemstones on my phone streaming video while on a plane. Because they had they they promised me, like, if you pay $10, you'll be able to stream video from Netflix and HBO and others. I'm like, great. And I did. I was able to stream that video. Uh, I did not how how high quality was the experience? Like the moment you accept money and make the claim, you'll be able to stream. I mean, that's you. You better deliver at that point. Yeah. No. And and believe me, uh, it's a different calculation for someone who doesn't host Cord Killers. But I was like, bet this ten dollars is going to test this and talk about it on shows. And uh, it, I forgot. I I forgot I was streaming. Like it never buffered. Uh, the quality was always good. And when I tried to watch PlayStation View on my phone, it did not work. However, I was able to stream from AMC. I even watched a little bit of Preacher uh, on the AMC app on the plane. So I, I didn't turn my television on the whole weekend on this uh, while I was traveling. 
but I was able to watch all this stuff. That's great. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. one other tip of the hat. Um, my daughter, my 15-year-old, has been on me for months to watch Infinity Train. I think we mentioned it on the show before. Yeah, yeah. Finally sat down and watched it. There's a moment in, I think, episode four, maybe the beginning of five, that, that, that had me laughing to the point of tears, and I had to get up, go all the way to my daughter's room and apologize. Like, she was 100% right. That, uh, it's from the guy who, who created a regular show. Uh, it is a worthy watch, and the whole series, since they're only like 12-minute episodes, the whole 10-episode experience is you know, less than three hours. I, I, I would love for you to give it a try if you can, Tom. I would love to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, I've been wanting to check that out, too, so I'm going to try to work that in. Uh, what should we be on the lookout for, Bryce? Hey, guys, we got a brief rec in the inbox from Steven, who had this to say about Amazon Prime's new series, Undone. Uh, Steven says, it keeps you thinking, a murder mystery, a horror story, a dream, afterlife, all or some or none of the above. Uh, thank you for that, Steven. I actually watched the first two episodes of this, uh, and it is really intriguing. It's about a young woman named Alma who she kind of feels stuck in life, and she's in a relationship that's, that's you know, kind of here or there. She's got her single mom, she's got her sister, and there's family conflict. Uh, but she sees her dead father on the side of the road one day, played by uh, Bob Odenkirk, uh, and she gets in this huge car accident, and it opens up this like weird, surreal power over time and reality. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can tell this is an animated, rotoscoped, uh, hybrid show. So it kind of looks like... Uh, what was Waking Life or, or a Scanner Darkly. Right, yeah. 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 Uh, it's also from Tornante, who are the... It was the studio that did BoJack Horseman, so... It has a lot of the uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, existential dread of uh, normal life in it. it. It really is a trip. And watching the first, the first episode is none of the surreal stuff. It's all backstory and, and you know, about Alma and background. And then the second episode is dive, dives deep headfirst into all of the weird stuff. And because it's rotoscoped and animated, you, it opens up uh, this huge possibility of all the weird things that you can do with the background, the world. Uh, it, it really is interesting, and uh, it, it's it's something worth watching. I think. Uh, cool. So, yeah. Tom, where Ryan, can you find it? Uh, it is on uh, Amazon Prime Video. There are eight half-hour episodes available now. Streaming now. If you got something we should look out for, email us cordkillers at gmail.com. Meanwhile, back at the Seven Acre Wood, Brian Brushwood was trying to make sure he can keep the lights on. How are you doing it, Brian? <laughs> Man, I, I got to tell you, uh, Tom, I, I don't know that we've talked a lot about this on this show, but uh, we made it 90% of the way uh, cash flowing everything here. We were able to buy the property. We were able to install the septic, uh, which there was no septic before. We were able to render the existing structures safe and usable. We were able to build the soundstage. And then we got to the very last 10% and, and we ran out of money. And so finally it was time to push that button. I said, hey, world, uh, do you want us to keep on going? Because we could really use that last 10%. And so we created something called the Founders Club. And I, last night, wrote this email. I, I got a little choked up. Uh, as my my wife is putting the kids to bed, I was able to put out the word that uh, set nearly 700 individual founders contributed uh, everything from $50 on up to to make this happen. And, uh, and, and we did it. We crossed the finish line. We're here. This is the inaugural broadcast from the new studio space, and it's only going to get better and better from here. So uh, one of the things we announced is that we're going to have a big plaque to commemorate the, the Founders Club. And uh, at $100, you get an individual 
individually numbered challenge coin. You can get trees named after you. You can even get a building named after you if you're interested. Just head on over to scamstuff.com and you'll see a big old thing about the Founders Club on there. Uh, if you want to be immortalized, because there will only be one Founders Club, there will only be one first time that this stuff launches, and if you want your name engraved in, in I don't know if it'll be brass or stone or whatever, but on a plaque so that years from now, five years from now, you can come and see your name and say, I was there at the very beginning, then just head on over to Scam Stuff and, and hop on in. I'm, I'm just so thankful for everybody who's contributed. Thank you, everyone. Seriously, uh, th th this is really amazing what, what Brian's doing over there. So so a huge thanks to everybody who's helping him out with that. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Uh, HBO won the most Emmys last night with 34, uh, beating out Netflix's 27. Not just last night. This is the total for all three nights of the Emmys, I think they had. Uh, Prime Video won 15 Emmys, mostly for Fleabag. Fleabag was cleaning up last night. Uh, National Geographic was fourth uh, with eight Emmys. And if you keep track, Hulu was a little farther down the list with four. Uh, for me, Brian... The the biggest news wasn't even what streaming services had what nominations. It was that that wasn't even an issue. Everyone assumed the streaming services were the favorites. And all the ads during the Emmys were for streaming services. Disney Plus got one. Uh, there was Netflix, Hulu. Everybody was out there saying, please, Emmy viewers, watch us. Yeah. So in other words, the news is it's no longer news that streaming services yeah. have excellent programming. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, meanwhile, and, and, Disney. And we've we've covered this for so long. I don't know what we'll do next Emmys since we don't have that angle. Anymore. I mean, we'll continue to cheerlead. We're very excited for this. We, sure. We've made no bones about the fact that we are a, a position-based podcast. We we love the fact that streaming services are doing so well. Uh, but Disney began letting customers sign up for Disney Plus, which does not launch until November 12th. Users who sign up pay uh, early pay the same as everybody else at $6.99 a month or $69 for the year. So what exactly is the benefit to jumping in early, Tom? I, bragging rights like yeah i'm already signed up like woohoo like you don't get a discount you don't get there's no special like and hey, we'll give you a plaque with your name on. i was about to like say that. it was like they need yeah. individually numbered challenge mm -hmm. coins <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's, seriously what's weird is disney plus uh, i know on two different occasions there are discounts available for disney plus they have these like that three-year like buy it ahead and it'll be that three-year bundle thing yep, yeah yeah and so there's no, those are, but if, those, you, no, if you don't want a discount or a bundle, here's yeah, uh, you your options. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Facebook announced the Portal TV on Wednesday. This is a device that connects to your TV using HDMI and has a camera inside. It has a speaker, but the speaker is really just for dealing with the voice assistant part of it when your TV isn't on. It's not meant to be a speaker for your television. It uses your television speakers, whatever you've got hooked up. Uh, the camera is for making video calls to other Portal TV users or WhatsApp users. AI uh, does what it does on the other smaller Portal TV. TV devices. If you don't know, uh, Facebook makes some portal TVs that are like these little mini smart displays and the AI can focus on who's talking, even though it has a wide screen. Like if you're talking, it'll focus in on you and kind of follow you around. If, if like kids are walking around talking, stuff like that. Uh, also has apps. Uh, you would expect Facebook, of course, Messenger, but it has Prime Video, Stars, Pluto TV, Pandora, iHeartRadio, CNN, ABC News, and Spotify, among others. It does not have Netflix and Hulu. The portal TV costs 100 
$149 coming November 5th. Tom, you're the host of Daily Tech News Show. Are you seeing a lot of buzz about the portal? Is it doing well? Do people write you in talking about positive experiences with the portal? No, no, they really don't. I mean, it, generally the buzz around portal is like, why would I want Facebook to have more of my information? But they apparently are selling them. They won't give any sales numbers, but since they're making more, they haven't abandoned the line, so they must be selling enough to feel like they still have a shot. And the one thing they have said is, we get great engagement from users. So people who do buy them apparently use them. <laughs> what they mean is, subjectively, they're really enjoying watching you all the time. Yeah. We get great engagement. We're really engaged so as we watch, watch you in Bob the kitchen. He's watching his portal TV. <laughs> Roku updated its Express and Ultra streaming boxes. The Roku Express can now be entirely powered by a TV's USB port and stuck to the back of the TV with an adhesive strip. Streams in HD, 10% smaller than the outgoing model. Cost $29.99. Roku Ultra has been upgraded with a faster quad-core process and more RAM, resulting in 70% faster channel launches and 30% faster app launches. And we've talked about this before. Everything I love about the Roku interface, what I just wish is uh, it was a little bit faster, so they're definitely speaking to me here. The Ultra Remote also includes includes two programmable shortcut buttons. Cost $99.99. Roku also announced OS 9.2 will start rolling out to streaming devices with TVs to follow. The new OS adds Roku Zones, which aggregates content by genre. Also has sleep timers, uh, new search options, the ability to control multiple Rokus with Google Assistant or Amazon Voice Services. Well done, yeah, Roku. I'll all these changes are incremental, but they're all good changes. Uh, the hardware changes impressed me a little more than the software. Uh, have, you know, having those faster processors, tuning that hardware a little, uh, definitely adding a, the ability to power your Roku Express from the USB port on your TV is great. Uh, that, that, that to me is the best feature of all of these. The Roku OS update is, falls a little short in my opinion. I, I would like to see them improve that interface more uh, and not require hardware upgrades to make it snappier, uh, make it a little easier to, to zip around in. But yeah, for the most part, I agree. Uh, good moves, Roku. Speaking at the Royal Television Society Conference in Cambridge, England, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings said, quote, it's a whole new world starting in November between Apple launching and Disney launching. It'll be tough competition. Direct consumer customers will have a lot of choice. And then everyone started selling its stock because he admitted there was competition. It was weird. Uh, he also said Netflix will stick to its strategy. It's not going to get into live sports, uh, not going to change its theater release model. And he said uh, he expects production con costs to continue to rise, uh, saying, like, the crown's going to look cheap in a couple of years with all of these competitors out there. He wanted to get Fleabag, he said, and they couldn't afford it. Amazon outbid him on it. So uh, the other thing he, he put to rest, if you were hearing, was Netflix is not going to acquire production companies. He's like, we're not in the acquisition business. We're in the content creation business or the content I mean, all of this makes sense. Business. I don't know what else you do if you're Netflix. Like, you're the blue chip. You're Coca-Cola. You did it. You won. You, you've got the, the, the cachet. You defined the entire medium. Uh, you have the budget to buy blue chip uh, creators. Like, it seems to me like you just do smooth sailing. And uh, at this point, I think it would be a disservice to the company and the brand of Netflix to be too focused on pleasing the shareholders. At this point, I, th I would like to believe the shareholders, you know, they're, they perceive that they're buying Ford or GM or GE or whatever. The thing I've loved about Netflix is every time there's a threat, they're already working on it, right? So when people are like, oh, they're gonna lose their stars catalog, they were already working on originals, right? Yep. Uh, we, you know, when DVDs uh, were, were still the main business, they, they were working on streaming before anybody thought streaming was even a, a, a decent idea. I would like to hear them telling me that 
I'm not saying they don't have it. Maybe they're just not ready to talk about it publicly. Yeah. Comcast will now offer its Xfinity Flex set-top box to existing internet-only customers for free. Previously, Comcast offered it for $5 a month. Xfinity Flex comes with most of the usual streaming apps like Netflix, HBO, Prime Video, ESPN3, YouTube, and more. Hulu will soon join that list, and Comcast subscribers will also get free access to NBC's Peacock streaming services. So, you're going to get... You're going to get... Peacock. Come on. Yeah. It's coming... To you, Comcast folks. All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. Joshua Johnson said, I was wondering if Cody boxes or jailbroken Fire TV sticks count as HTTP media streaming traffic as discussed in the last episode. While I don't agree with using them, I know dozens of people who dropped cable and used them as their sole means of TV content. These kinds of boxes have to be a larger portion of internet traffic these days. No, uh, they don't. Uh, it's all about what service you're using. So uh, if you're using, say, BitTorrent on one of these sticks, that would count as BitTorrent. There was a separate category for that. Uh, if, however, you were streaming, I don't know, AMC, uh, that probably counted as HTTP media streaming traffic. That that was me. That that category was these are services streaming video that aren't big enough to count on their own. Uh, but it's not anything that is uh, that is an alternative means of distribution. And honestly, even though like, I know lots of people like Joshua who do legitimately know several people who have these bro jailbroken fire TV sticks. They account for a very small percentage out there, and and they do not seem to be growing because they they end up breaking and people get tired of them. It, it's there's always new people trying them, but there's always people who've kind of stopped using them. So yeah, it, it doesn't you get seem a to be very a inconsistent experience yeah. with that. Like the promise is huge, the delivery is underwhelming. Uh, Chad writes in saying, Tom, you got me thinking as usual, when you mentioned TV is like reading books, you just can't consume them all. He says, while he agrees on the surface that you can't possibly watch all the content being produced these days, he thinks we're missing a key point. Uh, he says that the difference is that he has the ability to read any book he can think of, with some exceptions. If his local library doesn't have the new book, he can order it from any number of places. There are very few new books that are denied to him. He says, but with produced content, we're seeing the opposite. It's being walled off and left so uh, only the, the only way to get it is to subscribe to a particular producer, publisher, distributor, all-you-can-eat buffet. Star Trek Discovery is a good example. He already subscribes to Netflix, Amazon, BBC, and Hulu. He picks up shows that, uh, that, that, uh, that don't show up on these four streaming sites by buying them a la carte on Amazon, which is what I do as well. But for Star Trek Discovery, he only has one option to watch that show, to subscribe to yet another streaming service and so he believes this is a big part of what is contributing to subscription fatigue i thought that was an interesting tw uh, twist on that metaphor that we've been making you know what's interesting too is chad wrote the same email to dtns uh and we read it on daily tech news show i also emailed chad directly uh uh and said look uh, i totally get where he's coming from it's a it's a it's a great it's a great thought but i pointed out books are actually worse than the situation with TV. Because with books, you have to buy every single book individually. With TV, you pay for a show, and then you get thousands of other shows and movies thrown in too. Once you're done watching a show, you can end the subscription. There's also the option of buying TV shows individually, just like books from stores like iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu. To me, there's no substantive difference. You can pay for what you want and get it with television right now. Sometimes you may want 
for it to show up at a lower price or in the packaging you want, kind of like with hardbacks and paperbacks uh, or the library. But you can pay to get anything. And to me, that's just like books. You can pay 26 bucks for the hardback. You can wait a while and pay less for the paperback. Uh, and Chad and I both agreed that where this falls apart is with libraries. Books are way better on the library scene than movies and TV shows. Because even though you have Overdrive and Hoopla and things like that, the selection of movies and TV shows is not very good in those library apps. So books definitely have that advantage. Also, you've heard me talk before. Uh, uh, Stephen writes these wonderful, uh, by his own admission, very long emails. But there's a snippet of this one uh, that really delighted me. He says, uh, I can't tell you how delighted I am with the newest, most fantastic, most acclaimed, best character ever, Man-Eagle. <laughs> you guys had me rolling on the floor. I think your collaborative Man-Eagle narrative deserves a fiction Hall of Fame spot right between Hunter S. Thompson's radioactive guano-spouting bats and the man on the flaming pie who told the Beatles that their name was the Beatles. High praise from Stephen. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Stephen. I mean, we, we just tell the, the truth. We just tell the truth, man. man. We're, we're, yeah, we're just narrators exactly. of reality. But, I, but I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> hey, folks, uh, don't forget the winter movie draft is happening and you will be in your feed uh, as a special where I, as the presumptive defending champ, uh, will, will, will hope to claim a winter crown is again and i'm sure that's why everyone will be watching brian uh yes that and to mock the fact that justin robert young is too scared to enter the oh, ring no, he's chicken no. out he's running away like some kind of man chicken you thought man eagle was a good character <laughs> get ready to meet man chicken <laughs> uh so look for that at our website cordkillers.com or in your feed our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com we're live on twitch.tv slash night attack also carried on diamondclub.tv mondays at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific We'll talk to you again next week. Hey guys, Brian and Tom here, and it's just the same old message at the end of the credits, just like always. That's right, Brian. Nothing new here except your name showing up. Oh my gosh, I've got a name. you just supported us on Patreon. Yeah, all those $5 donors, look at that. That's your name in pixels. We're going to make you famous, kid. Put your There's name in pixels on the internet. There's names in there. But some of you are new. Some of you aren't there. It's sad. What can they do, Brian? I mean, they could go to patreon.com slash cord killers and pledge $5 an episode to be one of these amazing people. Like this the one. Amazing. Oh, look at look at that name right there. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>